You step out from the tunnels into the open air, arriving in the slums known as Winwick on Highfallow. The streets consist of poorly maintained cobblestones, and the buildings are a mix of decaying, multi-story structures and townhouses, relics from the long-ago time when this was an upper-class district, and more recent, hastily erected and ramshackle wooden houses and tents between. You are not far from the adjacent factory district of the Bloodworks, and you can see the chimneys of those great structures to the east. There's a scent of ammonia in the air and has begun to rain, the waters filling softly from the rooftops to the gutters below. It is a weekday, so the streets are not exceptionally busy. You see only a few dozen people moving up and down the streets ahead, the majority of whom appear to be elderly or young women. <sighs> well then, that about covers it, I think, Abigail says. I'm sure you've realized where this is going. Hunt the wayward creature down and eliminate it, then recover the soul for a post-mortem inspection so that the Academy can verify the fault that causes erratic behavior. One thing. Under no circumstances should you attempt to retrieve the creature alive. This is a minor matter, but one that still demands a degree of discretion. Any members of the public were to see you bringing a creature responsible for the death of a child back to the- Wait, I'm sorry. Okay. For the injury of a child, I crossed out death here. I, we have the potential of causing a minor fiasco. Do you all understand? Of course. Yes. Yeah, we do a m- post-murder inspector. She looks warily at Aisma for a moment, like with a sort of cautious expression. Not sure if this is a like if she's having doubts. This is a great idea. Then she turns to Claude and says, "Uh, Claude, a moment, if you would." Oh, of course. Uh, and, and Claude kind of like. She takes you off to the side for a second. You'll need these. She hands you two items, one of which looks like a peculiar rectangular box with a glass with glass on each side and a set of claws attached to the end, and the other a strange rod of a dial on the top. This is a numeric condenser and a new uh, numeric analyzer, respectively, used to, both, uh, used to both extract souls and analyze them. She continues speaking. Your job is to follow along with the group and evaluate their, their behavior for later consideration, and to secure the target soul when it comes to that. Do you follow me? Uh, yes, of course. Um, I've okay. I've never actually used one of these before. Uh, they... Very... Su- yes. Very... Which one? Uh... She's a little impatient. Either of them? Uh... Well, no, I've used the detector, but I have not used the extractor before. Uh, they, they haven't let me touch one it's yet. It's very simple, she says, patiently. Okay. Or put, press it up against the target and then heat the glass plate until it becomes slightly, until it becomes noticeably hot. It should desert so as it should change hit, hit, hue to being slightly red. After that, simply wait for the soul to be extracted. The process takes around five minutes. Okay. Good. All right, I, 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 can, I can do that. She lowers her voice a little bit. Take this as well, in case any danger should befall you personally. She hands you a pistol armed with six bullets. Ha! <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Do not intervene unless you judge yourself to be in personal danger. This is a test for them, not for you. And make sure you return everything intact. I'm sure I don't need to remind you, but this is Academy property. Your parents will be billed if there's any damage. Of, of, uh, of course. Uh, Claude nods and, and like, looks. He, he looks kind of sick uh like just just very like sweaty and pale at, at the sight of the gun but he he puts it into like he's probably wearing like a big coat to protect him from the rain so he kind of puts that into his coat pocket and along with like the the other devices it's uh probably for the best is claude like pull up and out have you pull up umbrellas like you're doing anything to protect yourself from the rain yeah i think i think claude has like a cute um like umbrella, like coat, probably like a scarf and stuff. He's he's probably pretty bundled up. It, he doesn't know whose umbrella this is, but it's a. I think I think he probably just took it um, from as they were leaving. Like just kind of like casually grabbed it from the the umbrella basket. Um, 
like with such confidence that like why wouldn't this woman think that it was his like that's the one thing you can be really confident about it is stealing umbrellas literally i i think that (laughs) i think he he would be ruined if anyone ever confronted him about this because he would have no idea like how to defend himself there isn't really a defense you're really brazen about it no he's just he just doesn't. Unless someone sees you directly taking their umbrella, that's the uh, one time. I think. I think then he could be like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Like my mistake. That it was mine. My mistake." And then you just grab the next one. Exactly. <laughs> it's the perfect crime. <laughs> uh, Abigail continues with like one more. She says one more thing. I haven't had everything explained to me, but should you notice anything that seems significantly out of place, keep quiet, stick to the directions, and it will be handled. Do you understand? Out of place in in what way? This whole situation is already fairly unusual. Anything, anything that seems like it contradicts my explanation that I just gave. Ah, okay. Just... You understand? Yes. He lies. <laughs> Good. She turns back to the group at large and adjusts her spectacles. Again, I must stress to all of you, bring the creature- uh, do not bring the creature back back alive. Do not attempt to capture it. Only retrieve its soul. This is important. Okay, uh, uh, Clyde kind of uh, steps around her and and reunites the rest of the group. Uh... So where is it? We do know that much, she says, going over some notes that she has uh, in her coat. Uh, I can't reveal- I'm not at liberty to reveal the identity of the child who was attacked. Her parents wish to preserve her privacy and she's still comatose in one of our hospitals, but we do know where it transpired. It was at the back end of a street called Lucum's Point, about half a mile from here. That might be a good place to start. And we have a picture of them, too. Uh, can anyone hold on to this? She takes us, takes it from out of her bag. Uh, Claude just instinctively reaches out. Yeah, and, I was gonna and... say, if no one Very... responsible goes for it, Aisma's gonna try <laughs> to snatch it. Claude is not letting Aisma have it. <laughs> she passes you the picture. It is a photograph of a sleeping, visibly wounded young girl with a round face and a slightly awkward nose. Her hair is ear-length, dark, and mousy in quality. Okay. Uh, Claude, uh, like, does- he, he is gonna pass it around to the rest of the group so that they can, um, like, like, see it. Well then, she says. Are there any final questions? Bartleby raises a few hands. <laughs> she turns to- Yes, you. Um, if we were to bring it back alive, what would happen? What would happen, <laughs> she says, just sort of crossing her arms- is that it would likely be seen by a great many members of the public, even if you believed it was not happening. And then that would get back to the uh, to the academy or to the papers, and it would cause a great deal of fuss for both of us, and you would not get your treatment. Hmm. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Very good. This is an out-of-character, because I feel like this was explained and I just kind of missed it. Okay. Um, is that picture of the kid who was attacked, or of the, the... kid picture is of the kid who was attacked? Okay. I think you, you could actually you could ask her if you wanted to know more about the information about the creature itself. Is the picture pre or post attack? Is post attack. That is why she's injured in it. Um, is there any like thing that we would be able to tell? There's a difference between this creature and the other automata you described earlier. Well, they're not strictly automata, they're like, uh, weird, semi-biological things. Uh, she answers, mm, 
Well, I don't know too much, but I'm aware of the experiment having one identifiable, char identifiable characteristic that will separate it from its peers. In order to separate it to facilitate hunting, uh, the creature may extend the length of its torso considerably and sprout four auxiliary length limbs at extreme speed, yeah. uh, for effective ambushes and swift short-distance sprinting. This trait is extremely dangerous, but nevertheless leaves a series of trace markings on the back, resembling incisions. Find those and you've probably found the creature. I don't like that. Even so, even Claude is kind of making a, a little wrinkled nose face, like, ugh. <laughs> making a note of that. Odd incisions. Oh. One other thing to keep in mind is that it can change its appearance, uh, but only to a limited extent. It can alter hair color, manipulate facial length and cheekbone position to notice you roughly all to you know, switch between masculine or feminine neotenic features. This was done to maintain its camouflage against its prey in the long term, you know, so they wouldn't recognize it after a period of time. Claude nods like, oh, of course. Makes total sense. Was there anything else? Yeah, why'd you make it so spooky? I didn't make it, she says. Okay, fine. Why'd the Academy make it so spooky? It's intended to hunt other cherubs. That means it needs to be able to blend in, but also to be able to become incredibly combat-capable when the necessity arrives. Cherubs move quickly and will always try to evade being touched, especially by things that they do not perceive as human, or like themselves. So, if, if, anything, if they start to notice anything amiss, they need to be grabbed immediately. So, an emphasis was on a creature that could spring out very suddenly and sharply, and kill, a and kill its prey extremely quickly. I liked it better when I thought it was a cat. <laughs> a cat mantis creature, if I remember the description. Yeah. Was there anything else, she asks? Bartleby once again raises several hands. Yes, Bartleby. That's me. So, what actions do we need to take to mitigate the fuss before we bring it in alive? Well, I... I stab it with a knife. That's roughly correct. Kill the creature, extract the soul, then either leave the body where it is or dump it somewhere. It's not particularly important. Hmm. Bartleby, who had been taking notes, crosses off the word alive. After bring in. Oh, um, qu I have a question. Uh, how, how long between uh, time of death uh, do we have to extract the soul from it? Uh, it's roughly a 15 minute period. Okay. She says, although it will depend, uh, vary depending on the creature. Uh, it should be fine in this case. This uh, soul is partially artificial, which means it will linger far beyond anything natural. There shouldn't be any concern of it, like, if it, it literally leaving the body. Is that everything, then? Aisma has one more question, but she's gonna ask Claude. She <laughs> just pulls on the bottom of his coat. Uh, yes? Why do they make everything spooky? It's, uh... I can, I can tell you as we walk. Like, is that their thing? It's... He he looks like between, between Asma and this woman, and like nods almost imperceptibly. It's like yeah, it's kind of their thing. <laughs> okay, Asma uh, nods with obvious understanding, but what she has understood <laughs> is unclear. I'm going to assume that's a no. In that case, I'm going to wish you good hunting. Return to the academy when the job is done. And we'll see about getting you a proper treatment plan. She leaves. You are now al alone in the district. Right. 
So then okay. he adjusts their poncho to make sure it's covering that bit that was getting dripped on for a second and goes, Okay, let's get this disgusting business dealt with. You gotta find the thing and I gotta stab it with my knife. And Aizma pulls out her wiggly ritual knife. Oh goodness. That is, that is quite a large knife for such a small child. Yeah, I saved up money for months for it. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Claude asks uh, if... Uh, do do many do you live here? Do you, do you need me to help show you the way? Um, or uh, I know nothing about human cities. That is a wonderful start <laughs> to this. Um, I assume you live here. Yeah, we gotta go to the Lukovakovich place. It's probably getting stared at a fair bit uh, because you have quite a number of people of like uncommon sorts of beings uh, in your party. Monsters. True. Uh, I wouldn't say monsters, no, per se. No one said that. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're a pile of monsters. I mean, we are. Or you are. So, <laughs> we're pretty unusual. I mean, the city is already pretty weird mm. and pretty cosmopolitan, but it's, your group is pushing the line a little bit, so... Also, I'd argue that, like, Claude, for being so normal, looks out of place because of being in this group. Yeah. A bit. Yeah, he. Uh, I feel like especially like standing at the, you know, like at the forefront of this group with just like all of them trailing either next to or behind him. It's like, it's like, oh, is this a field trip? Uh, Aisma keeps trying to lead the group, but she has no idea where we're going, so she just keeps needing to get like pulled back. <laughs> it doesn't work. I think Zara will be like keeping an, a hand on her shoulder, like this isn't. We have to be careful when we hunt. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. So so Claude will lead them towards um. What did you What did you say the name of the of the district was? And, and would you mind writing it out uh, in the, the chat for me? The street you're the street you're heading for, or the uh, district itself. The either both. Both. Both would be good. But yeah, if you, if you would uh, write them out, because I, I have trouble. more specific. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll write them out. Thank you. This is one of those places with, like, a weird, like, on in the middle of it for some reason. High follow on something. This, uh, this is, uh, I try to make all the names sound suitably British. I don't really know why. I just figure that's appropriate. it's fun. <laughs> it works. It's a theme. It, it's British, so it's weird. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> I mean, we're going for a steampunk horror setting, so it's gotta be a little British. This is not steampunk. Please do not slander me like that. We're hunting a robot built to kill other robots, powered by souls. It's not a robot. It's not a robot. <laughs> it's not a robot. Please do not insist it is a robot. That is very hurtful. Well, they're not powered by steam, they're powered by souls. It's soul punks. Oh, don't say that. Don't do this to me. Now I want to scrap this whole campaign. I'm so so sorry, poor weather. Oh, God. Why do I let myself get so consumed by my own bullshit? (laughs) No, it's perfect. Uh, It's good bullshit. I love it. It's it's extremely good. I like, I love, I love this setting for one. I don't think Aizma would be the same anywhere else. This is the the name of the street you're going to. Okay. Uh, Lung hams. Okay, I thought it was like Ludwig or something. I was very wrong. <laughs> I think it's I pronounce it like Lugum's Point rather than Lunghams. Yeah. Ah, that would make sense. Either is valid. Lugum is probably closer to what would be the English pronunciation, but Lungham is also 
Lungham is definitely what the poor people call it. Yeah. Lungham sounds tasty. Do not put hams in your lungs. I was actually thinking the exact opposite, Drackle. A lung ham sounds awful. It sounds like the name of a subspecies of pig that floats in the air. I was going to say it sounds literally like awful. A trop- uh, some sort of tropical fish. <laughs> yeah, you joke now, but one of Bartleby's friends died of lung ham. <laughs> <laughs> so, I suppose we should explore to find where that street is. I assume, I assume there's no map that we were given. Well, you probably obtain, like, I don't know. I feel like knowing where things are. Well, I guess, no, I guess that's fair. You could probably explore for a bit, maybe ask for directions. Yeah, I think I think Claude can get them to the the district, but like, someone like they would have no reason to. No, down here. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, like, can get them to the general area, and then is like, all right, we should probably <laughs> ask from here. Do we have street signs? Or is this an advanced enough city with street signs? Oh, there are, there are, there are street signs. We are at that level of advancement. Ooh. Okay. Because that helps. Yeah, and at least two of our group can read. So, uh, can read. Zara can read. Yes. I mean, huh. I didn't know you could read, Zara. I learned. What's that thing say? And I just point at like a shop window. <laughs> it it says shop. I think that means four of a group can read. Hmm. That's basically just Aisma. You know, a child, so that's what makes a bit more sense. And also an orphan. <laughs> I have had no schooling to speak of. Uh, so you're looking for someone to ask directions to, right? Is that did I foresee what you're you're actually? Yeah, gotta Probably. find Lugum. Okay. Um Let's go to the the, the to the the ham of lungs. Uh you spend a little time searching around the uh, on the area for someone who will actually talk to you. Uh the streets are far from empty, this is hardly a deserted portion of the city, and there's hustle and bustle around intermittently. Some more busy than others, but it takes you a bit to find someone who is like willing to tolerate your shit. Um, Fair. On the way, you do run into a lot of the cherubs that they mentioned to you. That was they were mentioned to you. Um, and as explained, they do seem on the verge of an infestation. You find small crowds of the things on every other street, lining the pavements, holding out cloth sacks expectantly in hopes of donations from from kindly or inattentive strangers, or else just scurrying around to some unspecified destination. Shall we keep an eye out at these cherubs, just in case one of them looks looks like our target? If you want to. Um... Although the only identifying feature you have for your target is on its back, so you wouldn't be able to see it immediately. Because most of the cherubs do wear clothing. Like to distinguish them, you know, to make them look more human. Because they don't look human on your end. But they are poor impersonations of real human beings. Their skin is shiny and hard, carapace-like, and their eyes are too large and they're too large and vacant. Gyrus bl- blurs of the people strangely like paints mixing. They stare at you utterly motionless most of the time. Well, do we find anybody offering directions? And I'm assuming that we're going to have Claude do the talking because... Eventually you find a, a dwarven woman who looks like she's on her way back from shopping who looks like she'll be willing to talk to you. Um, yeah, I, She has a sort of approachable air. Claude's also gotten pretty good at picking out which people are, are willing to talk to you in a crowd after the amount of, like surveys the academy makes students do that it requires them to like <laughs> y- you know that assignment that everyone 
hates where it's like uh like oh you have to email someone in your field and ask them for an interview like the academy definitely makes people do that but like in yeah, person sounds about right yeah so claude is has gotten very good at being like oh you look like you look like you're not gonna like dump your coffee on me um so um so yeah so they approach this 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 woman uh with you know the entire rest of the group in tow uh and uh ex- no. excuse me ma'am uh could could we could we trouble you for for a moment of your time we're trying to look for directions oh uh, of course like quite a crowd for this time of day real <laughs> motley crew yes uh, uh, <laughs> uh sorry, sorry where are you trying to find trying to go exactly um we are trying to go to uh, uh Lugum's point oh uh you mean long longham's point longham oh uh, i suppose i do mean that thank you it's uh, oh, how how would you get? That? I, I haven't been around there for a few a few weeks now. Um, a few weeks is too short. That should be like a more than like a few a few months if it more makes sense. Um, no, uh, take it uh, take the 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 path down to the end of um, end of the street here. Take two lefts. Uh, you should go should come to the part to the square. Uh, then it's uh, two streets down, uh, to the south, and that should take that should be around there. You should find it. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I thought that's the best of luck. Yes. Uh, what, Thanks, what, lady. Do you mind if I ask? She says she's. This woman does not seem satisfied with the amount of conversation she has had. She says, "Oh, do you mind if I ask what uh, what uh, what you're up to?" Oh, uh, Clutter's already walking away. Oh, I see. <laughs> just... We gotta find the thing and then stop it. Aisma. She looks confused. <laughs> Um, Aisma wiggles her knife and then runs off after Claude. Oh my god. Seven, eight, after having having fixed the uh, the writing, because Lugum had no N in it originally, <laughs> now has it properly written out and has a mini little map of the whole thing and just turns to the lady and gives an approximation of a smile and says, she insisted. I'm sure it's fine. And just walks on with the rest of the group. <laughs> she probably looks very puzzled after that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a gang of weirdos. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you head towards. Do uh, your headings right there? You head towards Lugum slash Lugham's Longham's Point. And on your way, you come across a peculiar sight. Uh, you see a crowd of four children. It looks like four boys and one. Gr- uh, it looks like uh, three boys and one girl, uh, who appear to be playing some matter of game in a small park up against the side of a bench. They are crowded around a fifth child who you cannot see very well, quietly sniggering and chattering amongst themselves. A sixth child, a boy with dark hair, is off on his own on a swing set. He's looking there was a perturbed expression. I mean, a kid is being bullied, and Aizma knows what that means. It's basically a matter of making sure that the, the kid in the middle is not actually looking like a cherub of some kind, because that would be relevant, but it, it's just a oh. kid. Are you going to, like, if you want to take over, you want to, like, go over and take a look? I'm not moving from, like, the group. It's oh. basically just looking. Seven, eight, come with me. The kid in the middle does appear suspiciously stationary, so they could be a cherub. Aizma's going to go over. Could also just okay. be not wanting to move because it might make things worse. Uh, <laughs> you peer over beyond the rest of the other children, and it is actually, it is in fact a cherub. Oh, okay. Um, uh, the children appear to have killed it with a rock judging by the dent in its skull, and are now amusing themselves by picking apart the cadaver. 
but it's largely hollow, the skin, or very obviously a shell to mask the incredibly simplistic and thick and thick, uh, thin exoskeleton beneath. Thin, thin is the opposite of thick. Which looks like it's made of a similar material uh, to like the limbs of an insect. A few very small rudimentary organs are attached, uh, some of which have been removed and are being examined by the children. Uh, whoa. If the cherub is still alive, it doesn't look like it really cares about the fact this is happening. There's not enough bits on that to make a good soup. Have they flipped it over? What do you mean? Oh, because we're looking for the... Looking oh, for... You mean, so you want to see the back? Yes. Yeah, the incisions. I feel like this would be a pretty easy mission if this was immediate. Well, I know, but the characters... The characters, the characters don't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if you if you go near the kids, they'll probably immediately think that they're doing something wrong and run away. Well, they are. I mean, Aesma's Ez- gonna help that impression by screaming at them and waving her knife. By running at them? Ah! Uh, the kids, who are probably largely younger than Aesma by a few years, uh, will flee. That's a little um, extra. Um, you say they're younger, but they're still probably bigger. <laughs> Aesma's very small, even for a goblin. Aesma, please put, please put the knife back. I don't know if all these children are human. I didn't really think about that. But the, um... So they all run away as soon as they yes. start running. Yes, uh, they are not looking for trouble. They are just uh, trying oh. to trying to amuse themselves. The only kid who... <laughs> the knife thing is a little creepy. Aside the trouble of murdering things, the only child who remains is the one on over by the uh, swing set who looks uh, relieved. Uh, yeah, you approach the um, you approach the uh, cherub and you check its back, and it is not the one you were looking for, which probably was evident by the fact that its insides are so simplistic, considering the so the target is probably more complicated. Yeah, it's got bits on the inside. Um, but Aizma actually doesn't care about the cherub. She's gonna go over to the boy in the swing set. Please, uh, please do he so looks, with uh, the knife put uh, away. He suddenly looks more concerned than before. Aizma, please put your knife down. Okay, yeah. she puts the knife. She doesn't have a sheath for it, which is probably for the best because like those weird squiggly ritual daggers don't really have sheaths that you can easily work with. She just kind of like wraps it up in a cloth and shoves it in a little packet or her hip. Okay. Hello! Um, hello, the voice says. You okay? You look pretty sad. Oh no, I'm fine. I was just upset since they were uh, killing that thing. I guess. Yeah. Death is sad. Yeah. He looks very uncomfortable. Uh, Ace, but we, we, we should really be going. You want to join my cult? <laughs> what? Hey. Seven Eight just looks blankly over at Ace, but like, is this going to be a thing? This is the worst cult initiation ever. <laughs> you Listen. see a child have to, like, first of all, approach you with a knife, have to be told to put the knife away, <laughs> and then told... Hey, you want to join my cult? I don't, I don't know. It would work on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Listen, I met a really cool demon. So one day, I'm going to be a demon. So if you want to worship me and get in on the ground floor, you can be a demon too. And then we can, you know, destroy people who do things like kill stuff. Claude is looking at Zara like, like as if to be like, hey, are you, are you going uh, you gonna <laughs> to stop this yes. or... Yes, yes. The child I... looks terrified that he that he that he looks terrified about the idea of starting laughing, but he also looks like he's scared that if he doesn't start laughing, he might also get in trouble. So he's in kind of a stuck position right now. Oh no! Where his oh, mouth yeah. is just kind I... of twitching awkwardly while kind of ha- like open. 
Okay, Zara is going to intervene. She's going to take Yzma by the shoulder once again and say, Alright now, we, we, we should go. We've got something. We've got a hunt to do. Oh, fine. We can build your cult another day. Okay. See you later. Um, b- bye. And the, gi- and the child was of no importance to anyone. <laughs> and Yzma never saw him again. <laughs> So I'm gonna. I, I just wanted to have a, a little talk with with Azma, saying, "Look, when you're on the hunt, the last thing you want to do is make your prey know that you're there until it's the right time." Yeah, but that wasn't my prey. It may have been. That was a potential cult ad ad the member. In this world, anyone could be friend or foe at any time. Well, I want them all as many as possible. To be friend. Because that makes it easier. I suppose it does. It's sound logic. Because when they're enemy, you gotta stab them. And that's hard. I... Uh, yeah, this is probably... this is. I wonder how Claude is feeling about this conversation. Like, uh, he... I mean, Claude's just like, well... Claude's just thinking to himself, he's like, it's not that hard if you get it right between the ribs. Like, it's... <laughs> Oh. You've seen her knife. It's all squiggly. No, I think I think Zara is thinking the exact same thing. But it's like, do we really need to to, to let Aizman know this right now? Yeah, Should no. we encourage this twelve-year-old child to be better at stabbing things? Yeah, Claude, Claude is like has a brief thought of like, oh, I should probably lend her some of my anatomy books, and then it's like, wait, no, no, I should not do that. That's a terrible idea. Should um, definitely not do that. Next time, when I level up as a rogue, I get better at stabbing. That is true. We should definitely go this way. And all this looks like to outside observers is that Claude is just kind of frowning a little bit, um, but then continues walking. <laughs> okay. Uh, you continue on and arrive at last of L- Lungham's Point. The name of the street, it appears, is due to the fact that it is a short, dead-end road that su- stops suddenly at the cliffs that mark the end of the district. Below, some distance below... You can see the city walls and the military barracks, and beyond that, the distant countryside stretching out into the horizon. As for the street itself, it appears wholly unremarkable, with tha- uh, thatched wooden houses, with thatched wooden houses somewhat st- somewhat stained of decay, but generally holding up a little better than the rest of the district. Uh, you see no immediately evident signs of the struggle you were told happened here. It was this one child, though, so I don't imagine it would be much of a crime yeah. scene. It was a bit of a time ago as well, from what I gathered. So there's, there's literally a cliff here? Yes, it's a cliff. Uh, this uh, the, the whole district is built up on a sort of a high area, because all of Sibylsburg, uh, the city you are in, if I don't think it has actually come up yet, it is built on a series of high hills and, the, and some low mountains. So yeah, there's a cliff here that drifts about a steep drop of about uh, 50 meters or so uh, down to a lower area of the city where it t- sort of tapers off. Uh, it's a, which again is where like the city walls and the military barracks are. Glad the thing didn't decide, you know, have the fight too close to the cliff because the kid's still able to move. Well, theoretically, the kid is coming. The kid is right coming. So no. <laughs> yes, but the kid didn't laughing. get thrown off a cliff. Is <laughs> what I'm getting that, but at. just, just so no, like got me really bad. I'm no. Sorry. <laughs> Anyhow, we should definitely like look for. Let's look for clues. Yes. Yeah, Scoob. Don't call me that. Uh, so who would like to do some kind of search of some kind of searching skill? 
I have no searching okay. skills whatsoever. That is not Azma's talent. I can use profession guard to look for anything suspicious. And Zara is a hunter. Both viable? Uh, who wants to go first? I'll get it. Uh, you notice, uh, Seven Eight notices that there are signs of uh, quite a lot of people being here in the recent past, uh, wearing, like, uh, probably, like, boots that seem like they were probably a little bit too expensive for the area, uh, who trot all around, all, all around the back of the streets. There's a lot of, like, still relatively fresh mud prints in the area. Um, meanwhile, uh, pursuing her own investigation, uh, Zara notices a, no, does notice a blood, a, like, not a blood, a completely obvious blood trail, uh, but a trail that some kind of creature moved off uh, out of the street and off to the east of here. Uh, but something about it strikes you as odd, but you can't put your finger on it. Uh, like, it's, uh, a bit too, a bit too obvious. Maybe it's bait. Could be. I think... I think Claude will also look around. Oh, what skill are you using? Uh, um, I think I'm going to use... Profession, rather. Yeah. Um, I have I have two. There, I have academic medicine, and then I also have surgeon. Um, I think I'm just going to use academic medicine. I'll use my, like, uh, medicine academic thing to be, like, to look for, I don't know, like, any sort of forensic stuff, I guess? Like... Okay. You're looking for traces of, um... Uh, traces of, of the attack, right? Yeah, either, like, blood or, you know, other yeah. other fun goodies that are around. <laughs> uh... I don't usually think of blood as a goodie. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> that's, that's where you and Claude are different, my friend. <laughs> you find out you have a very hard time finding any evidence of the fact that an attack having taken place here in the past... Um, you do find evidence of, the, of, a cre- of something that could have been the creature that you're after. However, you find some skin fibers uh, that appear to resemble humans, and has, or specifically, uh, hair is a better, hair is better than skin fibers. You find some hair that appears meant to resemble a human, but is clearly not, and has a morphogenic property that would allow it to change color. This is probably the, the, the corresponds to the creature you were, so you were told about, uh, or the characters that you were told about, or it could change its hair, depending on the circumstance. So the creature was definitely here. I have okay. a bit of an idea. Okay. Who knows where scary things are better than the children that it's scaring? And That's true. Well, we already scared the children off, so... Oh, that was elsewhere. That was on the way here. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm a puppeteer. I'm just going to set up and try to get a little audience of children with my puppets and then talk to them about monsters afterward and ask where they are, or if they know anything. I... I feel like I should stop this, but I don't want to because it's incredible. Um. <laughs> um, so while Bartleby is doing the puppet show, because that's going to take a hot minute, my one profession skill, Trapper, seems relevant to what Zara, fo- Zara found. I want to know yes. if that looks like an ambush. Or uh, you want to follow the? You want to follow the the blood trail? Yeah. Well, yes. not necessarily follow it so much as see if it was planted, like. What does this look like uh, it would lead to being attacked if you followed it? You least have on the blood trail, it doesn't uh, having looking at it closely, it does seem like it might be artificial. Like it doesn't seem like something that would have happened completely naturally from just a creature having like lurch way of a wound. Like it seems a bit too 
please follow this uh, this line of conspicuous bloodstains on the ground. Uh, but you don't see any signs of traps. Do so. any, okay. Do any of those boot prints that uh, that seven eight found appear to be following that trail in a way that would be corresponding with laying it? Uh, you don't find any, or if they have, they covered it up very effectively. Okay. Okay. And these are there actual bloodstains? Are they like quoting the actual bloodstains? Well, they are real bloodstains. It just they probably weren't from a wound, is what Azma's theory is. I see. Well, could we have Claude inspect the blood? Uh. Oh yeah. I mean, I thought I already had been looking for. Her. Well, I feel like you, you can't do hair. a blood test. Like you, I feel like Claude cannot do a blood test directly on blood in the field. Right. Yes. Um, but let's go back I... to this puppet show now that I derailed us from it. Okay. Because <laughs> I, um, I like this. Me as well. Is anyone going to be with 7-8 while this is going on? Bartleby. Bartleby, sorry. Or, no, was that an answer to the question? Or was Bartleby doing the puppet show? Bartleby's doing the puppet show. Oh, sorry, my mistake. I, I can um, definitely, like... It doesn't really make sense for 7 Stand by and make sure that nothing weird happens. I asked this because um, people are probably going to leave tips... And if, uh, if anyone stands near uh, Bartleby, they will assume they are his owner and leave the tips for them instead. Thematically, uh... <laughs> I know who it should be. I know! <laughs> I mean, the monster duo Zara and Aisma are overlooking at weird bloodstains and hemming and hawing over how uh, real they are. Yeah, Claude so, has to, like... You know... <laughs> Claude is standing far enough away... Um, that he's not like interfering with or directly involved in Bartleby's puppet show, but it people would probably get that impression that the one human uh, in the crowd is a. I mean, you look like a mad scientist. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've worked very hard to cultivate this image. Um. People do get the impression. Uh, it seems that you are the owner of Bartleby while he conducts the puppet show, and several adults and other people who like busy people who are passing by. Uh, do leave money. Uh, you get six copper coins. Please mark that down in your money. Uh, I'm very confused about this, but like, I don't know why these people are giving me money, but... Just drop it at your uh, feet. Oh, the entire time Bartleby is behind a makeshift little uh, puppetry screen, but is just making unblinking uh. eye contact with Claude off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. Does 7 like observe this, because I, I think after determining the, the boot prints are not there, probably would be drifting back to the puppet show. Uh, you struggle to uh, really get many children. This is school hours. Uh, Sibylsburg is an advanced enough culture that it has mandatory education. Uh, oh, dang. So... Aisma's been skipping. <laughs> oh, um, well, that's good. I just attract the cool kids. <laughs> you, do, you, you manage to attract us a few, like a handful of children. Like, uh, a black-haired boy who looks like he's a little bit too old to really be hanging around with the others. Uh, like, he's like, maybe 15, 14. Um, a younger, blonde-haired boy of about 10, uh, who seems he might be a dwarf, it's hard to tell. And another, and, uh, a, probably let's say a goblin child, a little older than Aisma, but also a girl. What is, probably, I have to know I have to know what the puppet show consists of. I have to... Please, like, can you tell us, like... Oh, one of the puppets... They're both just... He has two little rod puppets. One of them is just some yarn that he found and made into a little yarn puppet. 
The other is just a thumb with a couple googly eyes glued to it. <laughs> God, I <laughs> love yes. this. And but it's just, like, yeah. I mean, it's just the entire time. It's um, he doesn't own much. He's kind of homeless, but he does have like a pun book, I suppose, which is how he wrote his scripts. Oh my god. And so it's just the, this yarn puppet walking around. Old puppets never die. They just keep spinning yarns into retirement. Oh my god. I love him. I love him so much. Um. <laughs> holy shit. Hmm. You know, the thumb speaks up. You know, kids, something's off in this town, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Have any of you seen a monster? Oh my god. <laughs> Claude laughs, like, um, <laughs> sincerely. <laughs> are you sure you're asking the children if any of them have seen a monster? Uh, right? Did I fix um, the yeah, that's, I, I don't have uh, the capacity to roleplay what the entire show would be, but that is what yes. I'm trying to get across. Yeah, get get the crowd interaction going. Is Yeah. That's good. I've been looking for this monster. I've worked my finger to the bone. <laughs> This is this universe's version of the anti-drug PSA. <laughs> Anti-monster PSA. If you see something, say something. Several of the uh, several of the kids do give stories about having seen monsters. Recently, one of them talks about being um, uh, like being attacked by a slime on its, about a slime creature that's lurking the sewers. Another about like some kind of bat monster that is apparently lurking around. In the, around the spine, but none of them talk about the creature you are sent for, specifically. <laughs> okay. Not our problem. I mean, those are both definitely also real. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're. Thank you for your... Thanks for the enthusiasm, but you're all wrong. I'm looking for something else. Goodbye, children. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Claude claps politely. <laughs> I didn't give you permission to clap, Dr. Caligula. Uh, anyway, let's find the others. Okay. Seven Eight does like write notes on any of the other things that the kids do, even though they may not be relevant. Is Claude going to give uh, Bartleby any of the money? That, yes, uh, I was going to. I was going to say uh, that, but I, I was just waiting for the right time. Yeah, um, Claude does as Bartleby is is you know finishing up. Does he like give him half of it instead of the whole? No, thing? He, like Claude isn't like that terribly. He gives them. He's like, hey, uh, I. I, I'm not sure why people... I, I think they must have not wanted to interrupt your show or something, but people were giving me tips for you. So uh, here you go. And he gives them the, the six copper coins. Thanks, um, I appreciate it. I, I think we both know the answer, but thank you. Claude, Claude uh, smiles, but looks a little bit puzzled, uh, completely not understanding what is being implied here. And uh, they both move to reunite with the rest of the group, <laughs> with Claude just turning that over in his head. <laughs> Uh, your group reunites back on the street where you begun. You have learned uh, a lot of weird things about the street, but nothing but... Well, I guess you do have a lead to where the creature should be. Uh, it's just very suspicious. Yeah, we have a suspicious trail, but the thing is, even if it is, if it's bait, the question still remains, for whom? Is it, was it bait for the victim, or was it bait for us? bait for anyone curious enough to follow an obvious blood trail. Um, the best way to deal with a trap is to spring it. Uh, is that true? Just, just throw your head right into it. Well, yeah, but you don't go in it when you spring it. You, like, use a stick or something. 7-8 just holds up the extremely large staff 
they've been carrying around this whole time. Like that, you poke them. It is technically true. Azma is used to but... dealing with mouse traps, not with ambushes. <laughs> <laughs> but we have such numbers that most likely, if someone were setting a trap, we could leave it out. Clutch like, like kind of like rubs the bridge of her nose under the glasses. And it's like, all right, <laughs> I. Uh. See, this is the only clue that we have. I would remind, uh, I would remind Claude that you received instructions that if anything seems odd, just to go along with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they they're thinking about it. So, um, and they're also thinking about their instructions to not interfere. So. Uh, Claude looks resigned and says, sure. Um, Alright, so I guess we're gonna follow that blood trail. Yes, this is our only clue, so we should. Yeah, it's like, I'll I'll, I'll bring up the, the rear, and we can go, go spring this trap on ourselves. Okay, uh, you follow the blood trail, and it actually takes a, leads uh, onward for quite a long time. Actually, it's almost out of the district entirely, in fact. You head to what is becoming the nascent fat new factory part of Winmicon High Valley, because the Bloodworks has steadily been eating it over the course of the past uh, several decades, with more factories being built in the area as time passes. Um, uh, you come to a large industrial-looking warehouse building. No chimney, so it must not be that kind of factory. Uh, no particular sound coming from inside, either. Um... The sign on it uh, reads, where did I put this? Uh, Torvan and Sons Beef Biosynthesis Company. Beef biosynthesis is a phrase I don't like. Oh, I love it. Thankfully, Azma can't read. <laughs> um, the blood trail uh, leads underneath the door to this area and then stops. God, even I can tell that's conspicuous. <laughs> We right. came all this way and we're just following a dead cow. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Uh, Alright, let's... Is it think somebody just dragged meat out of the meat packing plant? <laughs> that would be such a bad idea. Through the muddy rain, too. I don't think we saw signs of that. Just a blood trail. <laughs> I think a trail trail would leave signs. Hmm. Well, do we see? Do, should we inspect this area? Do you want to head inside the warehouse? Or just the, or do you mean the outside? Opening doors is not my specialty, so I'm going to delegate. I think I think Claude is going to want to look around outside a little bit, like see if there are any windows that like, they okay, can look into. Okay, the moment you attempt to go somewhere besides the door, Azma points at you. Claude, open the door! Why? <laughs> I want to, I'm going, no, I'm going to look in, in one of the windows first. Mr. Calamari, open the door. I'm looking through one of the windows first. Uh, through one of the windows to the warehouse? Uh, yeah. I do difficult to see, because, uh, there, the, there appears to be a lot of moisture in the inside, so it's fogged up the windows a bit. Isn't that uh, a bad see... thing for a, a food processing environment? <laughs> uh, what is happening in here is not quite food processing. Uh, at a biosynthesis plant, you will be aware, is that they, um... Uh, you see, uh, uh, hanging up from the hanging up from this inside uh, inside the building, you see hanging up from various chains, 
are the living bodies of cows that are not quite cows, uh, but rather uh, cow salt, like uh, biological vessels that have ha that are hosts to cow souls that have been modified uh, to grow only large amounts of meat. Oh, uh, oh dear. Uh, yeah. They are grotesque, uh, grotesque things uh, with no discernible limbs and huge amounts of swollen, uh, swollen muscular tissue that drags all the way down to the ground below. Yeah, Claude is actually familiar with these things because of the Department of Agriculture, I'm assuming. Probably, yeah. So he just kind of, like, sure. makes a little face and is like, uh, ugh, these things. Ugh, I hate these things. Uh, alright, I'll... Really? I have to go first? Yzma <laughs> has crossed her arms and is pouting because you've been ignoring her, so she's not talking to you anymore. That's fair. <laughs> That's... Huh. That's a Claude, Claude under his breath is like, finds a very adult way to handle this. Uh, as, it, as he's like getting into a fight with a child. <laughs> I think Claude looks at, at, at Seventy and at, at Zara like, really, neither of you are gonna gonna take point here. I'm I'm good at hunting, not picking locks. Oh, is it, we don't even know if it's locked. Although, uh, is it locked? Is it it locked? is locked. God damn it. It's locked. <laughs> Zara has just proven it is locked. Does anyone have a lock-related picking skill in this group? Uh, I do not. I would never do something like breaking into a place that I shouldn't I mean, be in. There are ways they can break in that aren't just picking a lock. You can just, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like is, there a, is there a window we could open? Well, uh, Clomus is looking for one, so yes, there is a window. Mm, Claude is good at opening windows and, and going in that way. Uh, well, maybe we should do that. Uh, that will leave you any kind of size problems for some of your party members if you attempt to go through the window. Well, we, uh, someone can go in and, and open the door from, from around, right? I guess that's there. true. There is only one way I know to open this door, and the door is not going to exist afterward. <laughs> okay. We should not. We should. We should not be destroying property. Well, we'll say that Claude. Uh, is Claude doing this? Uh, yeah, Claude's gonna open the window. For the sake of simplicity, we'll say that Claude is able to climb in and open the door from the inside. Because I don't want this to be like a real obstacle, allowing you entry. Into the, the horrible meat factory, the biosynthesis uh, factory, uh, which is just about as it was seen from the outside, uh, is the smell really is what gets you the most. Like it smells like it doesn't smell like a be a meat processing plant. It smells like a room full of animals that have been skinned but are still alive. Great. It's uh, very unpleasant. Uh, it is a small comfort to know that none of these creatures can really think. They are just mindless uh, receptacles for growing meat. Fun. Uh, Claude has never gotten used to the fucking smell of these things. Hates it. Uh, so yeah, I, th I think I think they uh, pull their their scarf up, like kind of over their their nose and mouth, as if that will help even slightly, um, and and sort of navigate their way around the creatures to go open the door. I'm not clear if clockworks normally have any kind of sense of smell, so to speak. 
I know goblins don't. That's uh, part of why they don't mind filth. <laughs> but I, I do know that regardless of, of whether they can tell or not if this is a particularly smelly place, everything about these things is just not on. It is very seven, grotesque. Seven Eight really does bad. not like even looking at these mm. things and is trying very hard to just follow the trail. Bad to look at. The trail start, seems to stop as long as you get inside the actual warehouse. Okay. I would say Zara is also particularly disgusted by these things. It's like, uh, is, this, is this what you people eat in cities? Um, yes. It's actually fairly efficient for, uh, you know, providing large amounts of, of meat to a, a sizable population. Uh, while you're giving that um, yeah. description... Aizma walks up to the nearest meat mountain cow and starts climbing it. No! Aizma, do not. Get, do get not. off the abomination. Do not. <laughs> Please get off the aggro crag. Please do not climb the, the abomination against all that is good. <laughs> do you want make, to me to make an agility challenge to get to the top? Uh, you probably ought to, yeah. This is just like, it would be quite difficult. Alright. I rolled a 17 and my agility is plus 3, which is a resounding okay. success. Uh, you climb up the side of the uh, cow torso-like being, and you manage to get to the sort of, um, the... Like, I want to get to the chain so I have a high point to look around the whole factory. Oh dear, there was a logical reason for this. Yeah. Uh, you climb to the suspenders for the chain at the top. And you were yeah. able to see the and you were able to see the whole factory. And this whole factory is basically just more of the same for the whole like the whole thing. Um, way off in the uh, other end, um, in the near, near the other doorway, in fact, uh, you do see movement. Uh, you see some of the uh, some of the uh, I don't know what to call these things exactly. Uh, the body swaying back and forth, uh, as if disturbed by something. Some of them seem to be being pulled. Uh, you can probably sneak across uh, along the uh, along the rafters if you try. Isma is gonna look back down at everyone and like do a put a finger over her mouth because they're still all yelling at her. Shh, there's a thing moving. Here, what was Bartleby's thought earlier? Sorry. Oh, um, I he I was just saying it's taking all of us restraint not to go into total street preacher mode about these abominations. I agree. There's a thing over there, and Azma points to where she saw the figures moving. Zara's gonna Zara's gonna motion to Azma to ready her knife and yeah, keep her eyes uh, open. And I think she's just gonna stay up here and not move closer, but she's gonna like call out to the group if she sees anything. Just play lookout. Okay, so I think uh, Zara is going to immediately signal to the group that there is something ahead okay. stay quiet and sort of and quickly move into a cover position uh, for her weapons drawn ready to uh, approach the, the other end of the factory okay uh, Zara's just going to sneak forward towards where the uh, target is yes alright you head deeper into the factory sort of moving between uh, the carcasses all sorts of pseudo carcasses uh, until coming closer towards the source of the movement uh, you creep around the corner, and eventually you do see it. Uh, what appears to be a cherub uh, is gnawing at the side of one of the creature's bodies, uh, just eating the meat, eating the meat raw from the from the thing. Uh, it appears to have eaten quite a lot. 
Um, and Do cherubs eat? Uh, cherubs, uh, well, no, not really. Uh, they have very basic forms of sustaining themselves, like photosynthesis, or uh, consuming mold. So this is so, th- so this is a very obvious sign that this is not a cherub. Yes, that is the obvious conclusion. If you'd asked uh, Abigail earlier, she would have told you uh, the cre- that the thing so is that the, your target is intended to be able to survive off the other cherubs it eats. Great. So it is carnivorous. Well, that's fine. Okay, so right. I, Cesare will will immediately send an, again a hand signal to the rest in the back that this is our target. We found it. Still, <sighs> probably a good time for me to pull out the gun I've been hiding in my coat this entire time. <laughs> well, I know something that everything is weak to, and that's heavy things falling on them. And I'm good at climbing. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna similarly sneak forward, but I'm gonna attempt to climb the walls so just a 50-pound metal fist can drop on its head from the ceiling. That's a good plan. You're gonna just try to drop, like, dropping it from above. Yeah, Um, I'm just like, there's factory ceiling. You mentioned chains hanging down. I'm basically gonna do what I can to get as close to being above it as possible. Uh, to go unnoticed doing that, I would like you to make an agility check. Um, agility challenge, rather. Okay. So challenge rolls, you just have to get 10 or better and you pass. Yeah, plus, d20 plus your, intel, your modifier. Okay, or minus modifier in my case. Yes. Oh! Nice! That's a 2 minus 2. I got a 0. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Um, so it hears you coming. Unfortunately, as you are cl- like clanking along uh, the uh, the rafters, uh, you do ma- do end up uh, vibrating, like hitting some of the chains and vibrate and moving the uh, the carcasses. I'm gonna keep calling them carcasses, even though that's not what they are, because I have to, things. Um, the, the, mil- the meat pillars, the abominations, the, yes. the awful things we don't want to look at. Yes. Um. Unfortunately, this does cause the um the cherub creature to notice you, and it immediately panics and lurches backwards. Uh, as it was exp- as uh, as it does this, uh, it looks up at you uh, with like kind of a like its eye, it, it obviously moves very differently to the other cherubs you've seen so far. The other cherubs are very stationary, they just sort of stand still and stare at you, whereas its eyes are always moving, often not in, in tandem with each other even. Uh, its body, slowly, its body begins to lengthen. It's not, it's not quite stretching, it's not quite, like, it's sort of a combination between stretching and unraveling. Like, the torso just slowly pulls outward and thins, becoming hard and taut like leather as a, a series of small mantis-like limbs descend from the middle part of the body. It's beautiful. <laughs> Poor weather. This, this is, this is great. I'm having a great time, but also this sucks. I need you to understand <laughs> that I hate it. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. it's Everything really good. Super gross. Listen, whatever, whatever in this campaign I'm going to say, I hate this, it sucks. That means you did a very good job. <laughs> Thanks. I think this is the point where there's this tiny skittering, clattering noise and a tiny mouse skeleton that is sitting on 7 eight's shoulder now just stares at this thing and starts hissing. Uh, the creature moves in a way that is very strange. Like, its movements are ve- like sort of deliberate and slow, but also occasionally very, very sharp. And like, it has kind of a cat-like quality to it. 
as was uh, suggested to you earlier, uh, but uh, not quite. There's also this something insectoid amount about it too. I have I have six shots in this gun, right? Yeah, but you were told not to shoot it and just let other people do their thing. All right. Yeah, you were also told not to interfere, but uh, we'll see how well your will breaks. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess we're in combat now uh, for the first time. This is a good chance to explain how that works. A combat is very, very basic um, in this game. There's no initiative. There's no initiative. Although there are things that muddle initiative much later on, but don't worry about that for now. Basically, uh, you can choose if you want to do a fast attack or a slow attack. Is it equivalent to slow or normal? They're just fast turn and slow turn. Faster, fast turn and slow turn. If you do a fast attack, you can attack or move, but you always go first. If you do a slow attack, uh, you can attack and move. But then you go. But you go after if. But you will go after the enemies if they do a slow attack. And enemies will generally always go after the players in both cases. Yes, um, players always go first. So if we all take fast turns, then we all go, and then the monsters go. The monsters that took fast turns then go. Then players who took slow turns, and then monsters that took slow turns. In the future, we'll do this on a grid system. Uh, but for the time being, uh, for this one set, for this one time, we'll do it just as uh, an abstract. Just to get everybody used to it. Okay. Well, um, I have to this... run across the room in order to reach it, so I'm going to take a slow turn. Okay. Anyone want to do a fast turn? Uh, me. Okay. I. Uh, where am I? Like, I have uh, a fairly long reach compared to the rest of y'all, and I'm big, but... I mean, I think only Zara and Bartleby are close to it, because Zara Yeah, the rest of you are probably close to the entrance still, so you need to close some distance. I definitely would need to take a slow turn, then. Um, I will note quickly, since uh, some people listening will probably be thinking of the other game in which you have moves and actions pretty often, and I will say right now, the action can take place anytime throughout the move of this game. Yes, that's also a nice thing. Um, when you're taking a slow turn, like if you have movement, movement speed 10 is pretty standard, you could move four squares, take your attack, and then move your other six. You don't have to do them all at once. That is nice. Yeah, I think I think Cloud is probably ostensibly blocking the exit. Uh, AKA yeah. doing what he was told and not interfering. Real quick, uh, what weapons does everyone have? <laughs> I have a fucking gun. <laughs> I got a knife. I have a big stick. Knife, gun, stick. I also technically have a dagger. I have a sling with a couple rocks, and I have gravity on my side. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and Zara has... It just says dagger, but I assume that she has at least four of it because she has four arms. Four daggers? Sounds good. Yeah. She should probably have more hunting equipment, but we're in the middle of the city. You actually get equipment when you pick your class at level one, so we can assume that you have equipment. You just aren't going to use it in this fight. You guys are in a state of mechanical flux right now, where you have, you know, stuff in, like, a quantum superposition, but hasn't yet settled, so... (laughs) Yeah. Um, We're doing a level zero intro adventure, but there's nothing that's really gonna change between us and hitting level one. We're just gonna be level one next time. (laughs) We just assume that we come back to the wherever, and we're gonna be like, ah, yes, and here's your stuff. It happens to coincide specifically with the class that you chose after I found my secret sword that I need to be a warrior man. One of the things, I guess, that would influence whether or not I take a slow or quick turn, um, 
am I above this thing, or was I able to even get close with my terrible to overrule? Uh, I would say you did manage to get close, because I feel like you still did your action, you still did your movement. Uh, you are probably above this thing, yeah. um, although it has probably moved back a bit, like, sharply, so it's no longer... I feel like, like you not your easily position just jump on it. is perfect to ma- mechanically represent as a charge, you which can... is an attack action where you move in a straight line first and add one bane to the roll. Yeah, that sounds good. And that can be a fast turn action. Yeah. Can I, can I just go over it real quick again? So a quick a, a quick attack. A quick action is either attack or move? Yes. Yes. But charging, as I said, is an action. So you yes. Can... You can charge and move so you, with a charge, so you, but you take a penalty. So that's a move, a move and an attack with penalty. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Am I quick enough to just... Am I close enough to just attack? How close did you... How close did you... What, what weapons do you have? Uh, daggers. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could throw them. That's you true. Could throw the dagger yeah. or else charge, I think. Yeah, if this were on a grid, it would probably require charging, so that would probably be. Turns in this game are meant to go very quickly, and like we're, we're explaining things all the time right now, but it's usually very, very fast, so it's meant to have like more rounds per combat thing than something like D&D does. Which is helped by our damage numbers. You want to try charging? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll charge. Alright, roll a d20 and a d6, and you're going to subtract that d6 from your roll. And then add either your strength or your agility, whichever is better. Because daggers are finesse weapons, so they can use either strength or agility. Okay, I rolled an 11 on the d20 and a 2 on the d6. Okay, so that gives you a 9, and then your strength is plus 1, so that puts you at a 10. Does 10 beat its defense? I'm going to assume probably not. That does not beat its defense. As you attempt to strike it with your weapon, uh, the creature moves back very sharply in a way that is very off-putting, and it makes a strange clicking noise from deep inside its mouth. That'd probably be scarier if you weren't also a bug person who fought a lot of bug people back at home. That is true. The fact mm-hmm. that you are also a bug probably diminishes the clicking noises uh, unsettling factor. Do, it, do I understand the clicking noises, or are they just, like, incomprehensible? I don't think it's speaking. It has the same kind of voice box, but it does not it is not speaking a language. Okay. Alright, and then Thyle took the other fast turn? Yes. Yeah, so as this is kind of an improvised thing, basically I'm going to try to jump and hit it with my body. Okay. Um is this going to be an agility roll to aim, or how do we want to do this? I mean if we want to go by the the most direct rules, unarmed attacks roll are a finesse so they can use strength or agility, and they deal one damage on a hit. <laughs> Very boring. Uh, I don't know. Um, I feel like there are rules for like falling objects somewhere in the books that I've read. Fall damage is usually the most lethal damage in games. Yeah, I mean damage is things falling on you. Um. Would it be easier if I just said, hey, I have a good vantage point for now, I'm just going to use my sling? That's a, that's also an option. You could do that if you wanted. Yeah, I think I'll do that instead, because the whole falling damage thing sounds like something that we might need to figure out a bit. So I'm just going to try to hit it with my sling. Okay. Rather than do the whole charge thing. So that is d20 plus, or in this case, minus my agility. Oh, that's kind of decent. It's 12. All right, that does... That does hit it. Hey, let's see. A nice sling's damage is... What? Oh, D3. Well, three. Your sling attack does strike the creature, and it recoils a bit uh, in pain at the... At the um, 
at the strike. It does not appear to bleed, it is not clear if it has blood, but you see it, there's a dent that forms on the side of its head as a result. Uh, that, that brings us to the end of the player's fast turns, and this creature and the creature is going to fast attack. Probably Zara, since she's right there. Yes, that was what I was thinking. Uh, the creature uh, unhinges its jaw in a way, in, that, in a motion that is like, it surprises you by how much it opens. Like it is almost, and it is almost like four times the normal length of its head, like about the size of like an ad, an, ad, uh, an adult human's upper body. Um, and it is going to attempt to swallow. Azara. Basically. Oh. Oh dear. Just sort of lean to jump forward and bite right in, into there. So let's do let's roll that. What is your defense, uh, Dragon? Thirteen. That is not going to hit. Uh, that is uh, an eleven, unfortunately. Uh, so it. it... Yeah, I, I yes. Uh, pivot out of the way. You pivot out of the way the before second. the creature does. Uh, able to hit you. I forgot to mention that when the battle started, Tara probably dramatically threw her cloak off, revealing her, her buggy form. <laughs> oh. The fact that she's a four-armed mantis person from a civilization of ant people. Yes. Yeah, what do you wear under that? Yeah, tell me tell me what she looks like. I want to know. Uh, well, she, she probably has like some more basic clothes underneath. Right, but what does that look like? Also, I just had a really good idea. You removed your cloak, and that's why it missed. Like, you did a, a, a bull charge, El Toro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be good. I don't know. I, it's too much. I you can't think of it on the spot. Okay. clothes underneath would look like. We can brainstorm royal clothes later. It's probably not much, just because finding clothes that fits a mantis body is probably hard in human territory. That seems correct. I imagine it's a lot of wraps as a result. Yeah. It's something you just tie around you a bunch, so it fits no matter how, what your size is. Mm-hmm. Well, there's plenty of good clothing that's literally just a long rectangle. Who here is t- who's taking a slower action wants to go next? I'm taking a slow turn. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so... You just basically set this thing up by not getting hit, so I'm going to try and knock it down. Right. So, uh, I'm going to assume this place is short enough that I can just stroll on over there. And, we'll assume uh, that for the sake of this, uh... For the sake of drama. I've got 10 speed, and I'm big, and I have fairly long reach, and I'm also using a staff, which... Because I'm large, it's gonna hit really hard. Hopefully, unless I okay. roll really bad. So let's try and actually hit it. One step at a time. Uh, no, that is a one. Oh which dear. Is a total of three. Um. <laughs> unfortunately, yes, it will. Oh, I'm gonna say you outright miss it with that round of roll. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, I I stumble a bit from dealing with all of these things, and I just end up hitting the thing that it was trying to eat instead. I see. As in the meat mass. <laughs> there are a lot of big meat pillars to get in the way of you. They probably they probably do flinch a bit if you hit them like hard. Poor cow. Technically, it was never alive to begin with. It's still unpleasant. That's not a good technicality. <laughs> is, there, is there a reason they needed cow soul? Well, the 
I'm not gonna explain the mecha- I can't explain the mechanics of how this works right now. Okay. I imagine we wouldn't know. The uh, the metaphysics uh, is that the soul dictates the way the body grows. Therefore, by modifying the soul, it can change the way that the creature develops. So we're removing the parts of the cow soul that dictates that it should become an actual, like, full cow and just keeping the parts which are desirable, they can produce a result like this. So they've got Aisla and Arden. So they've got, like, half of a cow Sorry. soul. A- yes. Aisla and, uh, Dr. Yeah. So Aisla is going to run along the top of the catwalks here and then do the thing that Bartleby had an idea of doing. And I'm just going to jump off the catwalk at it, which I'm going to interpret as a charge action. Okay. So, are you like gonna stab it? Yeah, I'm gonna air? try and stab it with my dagger from above. So I have one bane because I'm doing a charge action to cross this whole room quickly. Uh, <laughs> all right. I rolled a two. My bane dice is a four. I am at negative two, and then my agility brings me back up to positive one. <laughs> so I think I I miss. Uh, yeah. I jump at it, but Aisma's, like, yelling real loud, and it sees me coming and just, like, hops to the side or something. You uh, <laughs> land on the floor. It's not great. Yeah. Aisma's probably like, Ow! I needed you to break my fall! One of us hit it. Round two. <laughs> uh, round two. Okay. Uh, Unless Arden wants to do something, I'm assuming Claude is staying Who back. wants to take a fast action? Yeah, Claude's standing back. Me. I will also take a fast action because now I'm right next to it. Bartleby as well. And I'll also take one. Okay, everybody's yeah. going. I assume we're, assume we're all close. Like, the, the three of us are close yeah. enough to this attack. Combat does get more complicated than this, I promise. Um, it, it will when we have abilities, yes. Yes, this is... Uh, we, you've pretty much seen all that you can see about level zero combat now, so good thing we're not going to be here <laughs> we'll just, just hit it with That's a... why we're only doing one session of it. <laughs> hit it with a fucking stick. <laughs> Stab it with a knife, hit it with a stick. Congrats, you've, you've done 80% of the combat Should options. I give hitting it with a stick another try? Yeah, and I'm going to give stabbing it another try. Let's both roll okay. at the same time. Yeah, sure. Go for it. I got an 18. That's a little better. Uh, That got interference, so I need to roll it again. One damage. Aesma's Ritual Dagger looks fancy, but unless that thing's a fey, it's not actually causing any real problems. Okay, finally. Uh, that was an 18, and with plus 2 on strength, that's a 20. I don't know if there's such a thing as crit damage in this game. Um, crits are sort of a thing, but not by default. You can get crit abilities that make bonuses happen if you roll a 20 or better. Yeah, and it's the unraveling complexity stuff. Mm-hmm. But there aren't any crit stuff by default. Unless you're an orc, they start with a crit ability. You want to do your damage first? I did one damage. <laughs> okay. Um, unless it's a fey and impaired by contact with metal because Aze was stupid enough to carry her own kryptonite as a weapon. Goodness. I am using a, uh, a big staff, which is not really much to speak of. But How does your character use the staff? Uh, ordinarily, it is either strapped, like, to the back alongside the, uh, the backpack, or it is being held as, like, a walking staff if standing upright. But in this case, it's, um, being held in both of the, uh, oh. the hands while standing upright, and then I didn't just know your character could down. do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually probably freaky looking. 
You it's get kind very of like, tall. It's kind of like a weird sort of lion bear creature. All right. Just swinging down, very, very much like the temple guardian sort of showing at this point. But yeah, swinging down, trying to hit it from the head and just crunch down in, and might have done that because I just did 10 damage. Jesus. Oh my god. Holy yeah. shit. I, I went low. I barely nick it with a dagger. You cave its skull in. Big weapons get an extra d6, and this is a 1d6 plus one weapon. I rolled a nine. Uh, you bring your staff down along, on its side long enough that it, uh, there is a, a very, like, loud, visible, like, loud crack as you, like, smack it into the ground, and it leaves a substantial dent that makes one of its limbs seemingly unable to move. Um, one of its, mid- its middle weird limbs, I should say. The creature lets out a very sort of loud, uh, desperate clicking noise. Uh, it is not yet dead. I don't think it's quite dead yet. Who wants to go next? Alright, I'll go next. Okay. Uh, I rolled my dice at the same time the other two did. Uh, I got a 15 with my dagger. Oh, by the way, for dual wielding, it's the same rules as two-handing it. Wielding two daggers means you deal plus one damage. The same as if you oh. held the weapon in two hands. Okay, so that's you know, nice. Just so you know, what, it took me a while to find that. What if I? But I have four arms, so I can technically dual dual wield. <laughs> I think it actually says that your second pair of arms are too small to hold weapons. They can reload weapons, oh. but they can't attack. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I got so I did roll a three on my dagger, so I get I guess I got a plus one to make it four damage. All right. Uh, you also strike the creature quite severely. Uh, your blade penetrates deep into it. It lurches back again. Bartleby, finish him. Bartleby from above. I am gonna <laughs> do the charging move and drop onto him. Okay. So it's d twenty. What is that? And that's with a bane or. I guess subtract a bane from my roll. Oh! I got a negative one. Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. nice! <laughs> Falling from above has worked out great for all of us. So you just land, like, face first on the ground or something? <laughs> I mean, it's the same roll I had. You just miss. <laughs> Which is so disappointing. I wanted our cool wrestling move jumps from the high bar to do something. That is a shame. Uh, yeah. That's, I believe that's uh, our turn, uh, or the player's turn at least. Wait, hold on. Our shrink bonus that goes to the attack roll or the damage roll? It goes to nothing. Just to the attack roll. It's the two hit roll. Yeah. Oh. There, there are no mo- damage bonuses in this game unless you have something that says it it's will a become bonus. more complicated later on. Let's do everything well. Yes. Okay. No, do you remember if attacks opportunity exist in this game, right? As, as far as I'm aware, as you're aware. Uh, yeah, they do. You can make a triggered action for them. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, the creature is going to take a fact action. It's going to, it's going to attempt to... It's actually look, probably looking quite pitiful right now. Like, it is, uh... It seems very frightened uh, and very unhappy this is happening. And it's going to <laughs> lurch away desperately. Uh, it's going to very stupidly head in Claude's direction uh, instead of running towards the other door uh, as the only <laughs> obvious source of escape. Um, so are we all going to get an attack of opportunity yeah, against it? Yeah, do you all want to take an attack of opportunity against it? Uh, I it think, is, I mean, sure. I think it's, it's looking, going to leave my range last, so... Yeah. It's looking... It is looking quite pitiful right now. Like, it is... Well... Well, well I miss. I rolled a 1. Natural 1. I rolled a 16 
Got a 15. Alright, so you both deal your damage. I do three with the bonus. I do three and as if well. If you don't have a weapon, Bartleby, you deal one damage. You both drive your weapons into its body as it attempts to escape, and it collapses to the floor, like clicking wildly in agony uh, for a few moments uh, before its entire body lurches uh, and it falls uh, completely, finally, completely still. Unable to kill it. Good job, Zara! A successful hunt. Uh, high five, Isaac. High five. I give you a high five with my not dagger hand, and then I put my dagger away. Okay, next time we put the daggers away before we high five. That is it. Uh, mission accomplished. Wow. All well, that now is to absorb. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Claude, it, it, look, never say mission accomplished before the mission has been accomplished. Uh, Claude is all right. Claude, to... as you're approaching it, unfortunately, Azma climbs up on top of it and is now sitting on it. Could you? How 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 big is this creature? It's quite long at its full length. It approaches seven feet, uh, fully extended. Oh God, that sucks. Oh. Okay, I thought it was for some reason in my head I pictured it like goblin size. Well, it is uh, the regular size, and then it, it grew. It, it doesn't it, grow; it stretches. Oh, no. It's yeah. very thin in um, the center. Have you seen uh, the first boss in Resident Evil Four, the Centipede Man? <laughs> yes, because that's what this is. It's like a cross between a mantis and long cat. <laughs> what an awful thing to say! <laughs> yeah, I don't like these. I don't. I don't like all these mantis. Creatures. All right, Azma is going to reach into the thing's mouth and rip out a tooth. Oh. And then she's going to clap her hands together and say a prayer. To you who died on my behalf, your death be not in vain. I keep you always with myself. I won't forget your pain. And then she puts the tooth in a little bag around her neck. That's, uh... Okay, you can take a soul now. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) He <laughs> can desecrate his corpse now. Claude, uh, like, gets on gets on his knees and and pulls out his uh, his devices to to both like confirm that this is what you know the thing they're actually looking for, even though it is. And then, um, okay, yeah. Uh, you're, what are you gonna do first? You're gonna like put your you're going to stick your uh so, like pneumatic uh, analyzer first. Yeah. Okay. Just to make sure it um, doesn't hurt. Alright, well, while the rest of the group is uh, celebrating uh, their success uh, and their victory, uh, Claude is going to go over and assess the um, assess the corpse, and you'd be a little surprised that when the sensor reveals that this is in fact contains a human soul. Uh? uh hello everyone, I'm Poreber. Thank you for listening to Six Feet Under. Uh, today we are <laughs> playing Shadow of the Demon Lord. Uh, I'm joined by Arden. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> uh, Drackle? Huh. Well, ain't that a thing. Uh, no. I mean, I kind of called it was a human soul from the beginning. It was just way too smart. Oh, hush. <laughs> uh, Thyle, for the first time. Or I should say for the first time for both of the people following. As Bartleby, the adorable one of the party. <laughs> and finally, uh, also for the first time, Yao. Hello. I've been in, like, one bonus feat. You've been in a bonus feat once. Oh, I'm sorry, my This is the first campaign. Uh, And yes, uh, we just played a session of this game. (laughs)
We sure did. Good night, folks. <laughs>